Okay, welcome back to the Find Your 20 Coaching Insights Show. I'm your host, Mark Sievercrop. And if you're a six-figure business owner who's looking to unlock the hidden potential inside of your business, then you've come to the right place because this is the show where I share the top insights from recent coaching sessions I've had with my clients, plus what I'm learning in my own business, plus what I'm learning from my study and conferences and books and everything else that I'm doing. So I can help you to throw out the 80% that's holding you back in your business so that you can build a business that fits you and your strengths and supports you in your personal dreams and goals. But before we get started today, I want to share with you today's featured resource, which is my free Facebook group, Unlocking the Hidden Potential in Your Six-Figure Business. This group is for six-figure business owners, people who have generated at least $8,000 a month for the past three consecutive months. And inside, we're talking about how to unlock that hidden potential. We spend a lot of time focusing on leverage points and where we can find leverage in our businesses so that we can build our business faster and more effectively so we can make more, have the business that we want without having to work more, without having to uh, avoid or ignore or neglect our families, our hobbies, the things that we love to do. That is the goal of that group. There's content dropped all the time. Just yesterday, I dropped a new free resource for members of the group, do weekly trainings on Fridays to help you to build your business and unlock the hidden potential that's inside of it. So if you're a six-figure business owner, you'd like to join us inside the group, go to findyour20.com forward slash group invite to get your free invite for the group. And as always, you can see all of my recommended resources by going to findyour20.com forward slash my best resources. Now today I want to share with you uh, one tip or one strategy or idea from a coaching call that I had, as well as something that I shared inside the group this past week, and also a story that I think is really, really valuable for us to remember when things go right or go wrong in our businesses, because things don't always go perfectly. And it's a story I heard recently from uh, Prince EA, who's on uh, YouTube and, and other places as well. But I really love the story and I want to share it with you. And then in the uh, show notes, I'll share um, where you can listen to that on YouTube from Prince EA as well. So to begin with, let's start with the conversation that I had with a client of mine last week. We were talking about, she's reaching out to potential uh, JV partners, potential business partners, that can support her business and that she can support their business. And these are people she's never interacted with. They're in a different state. She has an online uh, business, but she's going to be reaching out to brick and mortar businesses that are kind of in the same niche, but a little bit different and seeing if they uh, can provide uh, programming and training and courses and those types of things inside these brick and mortar businesses to better support their clients. And we were talking about this and initially she was just going to send an email and just say, hey, I think we have some things that could really help you generate some revenue, support your business. Let's talk. And then we started talking about, well, she has a book. What if she mailed the book to them, like physically took the physical book, put it in the mail, sent it to them, and then followed that up with an email and said, hey, just want to check in, see if you got the book, what you thought about it, so on and so forth. And the strategy or the tactic that I want to share with you from this is the importance of using multi-channel communication. You know, a lot of times 
this is one of the big, um, big things that I'm realizing is we talk about online business and we say we're an online business owner or we do online business or we do online marketing. Well, business is business. Online is just like the channel that you're using. And if you're only using online, you're missing out on so many opportunities. So this client is using offline and online, direct mail, email, phone, all of these different areas. And one of the things that can really help you, especially reaching out to people that haven't, you haven't interacted before, is using different channels, using different type of mediums to connect with them. Because people use different type of mediums. And especially when you use direct mail, you use physical mail, it makes a difference because nobody else is doing it. You know, it used to be years ago that it was special when you got an email and it was like, eh, whatever, when you got a physical, something in the physical mail. Now that's switched. And we get something in the physical mail, we're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. You know, something that's not junk mail, obviously. But our email inboxes are so full that we don't even pay attention to half of them. So using different channels of communication allows you to capture the attention of other people. There's also something with physical mail with regards to the amount of effort that it takes. Like we all know that sending an email really doesn't take that much time. Like you sit down, write the email, you send it off. But to physically send something to somebody in an email, you have to package it up. You have to go to the post office. You have to drop it off. Like there's an, there's effort that goes into it. And because of that, there's reciprocity on the other end. You know, if something, if you get something in the mail that seems like it's from an actual person, if it's a gift, especially like a book or something like that, like you're going to open it, right? Like it, it's more important than you're going to pay attention to it. Now, what happens with it after that certainly depends on, you know, any letter that's with it, if it's, if it's a fit for you and all of those types of things. But when you're reaching out to somebody new, using different channels, using different marketing channels, different mediums can help you get in front of and get the attention of the people that you want to get the attention of. So when I say different channels, it could be uh, physical mail, it could be email, it could be phone, it could be text. Um, you know, there's all those different things that you can use, but I would encourage you to think of ways that you can do that with your prospects and your clients so that you can stand out from the crowd so that you can come across differently and be able to capture the attention of the people that you're trying to capture the attention of. So that's tip number one, use multi-channel communication, especially when you're trying to reach out to new people that you haven't interacted with before. The second thing I wanted to share with you is something that I shared in uh, the Unlocking Your the Hidden Potential group this past week. And it really comes down to the fact that what you think your priorities are and what, you, what your priorities actually are, are often very different. And this is where the issue comes in. You know, we all think we, we say what our priorities are, we announce what our priorities are, but our actions don't necessarily bear that out. Um, a great example, and, and I fall victim to this. I say that my family is my most pri important priority, but there are times where my actions don't bear that out because I'm focused on work or I'm watching a Sounders game or whatever it is. So the important thing is real is to understand and be honest with yourself about what your priorities actually are. Here's what I mean. Here's a great example of this. We all say this. This is a, a phrase that everybody says. And honestly, I told uh, the group in, in the post that I wrote, I said, I want you to ban this phrase from your vocabulary. And the phrase I want you to ban from your vocabulary is the phrase, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. How many times have you said that? I know I've said it a lot, all the time. Man, I'm just so busy. I'm too busy. I can't get to that. I'm just, I'm just too busy to do that. And the reality of the matter is, 
We're not too busy for anything that we want to do. We're not too busy for the things that are important to us. If it's important, there's time for it. Now, obviously, we can't do everything, but we can start at our top priorities, and we always do. We start at our top priorities, and those things get done, and nothing else gets done. The challenge is when we think something is our priority or we say something is our priority, but our word, our actions and what we actually do don't bear that out. They don't support that. Now, here's the thing. I gave an example of a family. You know, you can say that priority is, is your family and they may be really valuable to you, but if you continue putting other things before them, you might want to stop and reevaluate and say, okay, if my family is my priority, how do I need to act? to indicate that that's the case. If my, you know, if growing my business is a priority, how do I need to act to indicate that that's the case? With your family, it's gonna be spending time with them. It's gonna be setting parameters in your business like we talk about in the Find Your 20 methodology so that business doesn't take over your life and you're able to focus on your priority, which you say is your family. If you say business growth is your priority, then you need to look at your calendar and say, how much time am I spending prospecting? having conversations with people that can become clients, talking or having sales conversations, um, you know, fulfilling and, you know, onboarding new clients. Like how much of your time is focused on that? Because a lot of times what happens is we say it's our priority. And then you look at your calendar and you say, well, shoot, I've only talked to three people all month. So is that your priority? You want it to be, but until you make that your priority through your actions, it won't actually be the case. So here's an example. I want to, I'm going to give you an example of when, like how to know if I'm too busy is true or not. So here's the example. Well, I'll, I'll give you the principle and then I'll give you an example around it. The principle is if there is anything in the world that you would do instead of that thing, then you're not too busy. It's just not a priority. Here's an example. If you're working, working in your office, your kids come to you and say, uh, dad, mom, come play with me. And you say, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm so sorry. I'm just so busy. They go away. Okay. Is that, is that a prayer? Is that, is that true? Are you really too busy? Well, let me ask you something. If that same kid came running into your office and said, uh, little brother, little sister just fell. They hit their head. There's blood everywhere. Would you stop what you're doing? Yes, but most of us, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but most of us would say, yeah, absolutely. I would. So the key is you're not too busy. It's just not a priority. It's not a priority to stop and spend time with your kids. Now hear, hear what I'm saying and hear what I'm not saying. There are times where work is going to be the top priority. And if you set parameters in your business where I work from 10 to two, those are typically my hours of like guaranteed work time. Between those times, work might be the top priority unless it's like a, uh, a safety issue, like my child's bleeding or something like that. That may be the case. That may be your priority. What is not helpful, though, is saying that you're too busy when really what you're saying is that's not the highest priority for me right now. Because when we say we're too busy, we're using, we're using time as the scapegoat, but it's not the case. It's just that we've decided that this is a bigger priority right now than this. And that's okay. Like nobody, I'm not here to tell you what your priorities should be. What I am saying is if you're not clear and honest with yourself about what those priorities are, that's where issues come in. And you, you start to play the victim. You start to be a victim instead of 
taking responsibility and being proactive in how you spend your time. So here's what my encouragement to you is. Get rid of the phrase, I'm too busy, and instead say, this is the most important thing right now, or this is where I'm focusing my time, or this is what my priority is right now. That is an important thing. As a matter of fact, I had an invitation uh, to become part of a, a mastermind group recently, and, and some of the people that are in that group are probably going to be listening to this. And I could have easily said, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. I can't do it. But the reality was with the things going on in my business, with my family, I didn't feel like I would be able to give it the appropriate priority and the focus and the dedication that they were looking for. And so because of that, I said, I don't think right now that I can give it the focus and dedication that it needs. And so I'm going to have to pass. That I believe, like for me, for me is from an integrity standpoint, that feels better. Like I'm being honest about why I'm not doing it rather than just saying, I'm just so busy. Because most of the time, that's what people hear anyways is, hey, that's not a priority. So why don't we just say, look, that's not a priority for me. Or I'm not able to make that a priority in the way that I would like to if I'm going to take part in that or take advantage of that. Those are important distinctions. It seems like a small thing, but it's really freeing. It's really freeing to just say, I'm choosing not to do this. I'm making a decision that that's not the highest priority. Or I'm making a decision that other things in my life are a higher priority than this, this thing that, that somebody's asking me to do at this point. So my encouragement to you is to get rid of the phrase, I'm too busy, and to be honest with yourself about what your priorities are and be honest with others about why you're not doing things. And be honest with yourself. Like, why am I not doing this? Because honestly, it's not a priority because it's a bigger priority for me to do this right now. And if you will be clear about that, it will give you more freedom. It will give you more control over your life and you'll feel better because you're making decisions based on a choice that you've made rather than feeling like a victim because there's not enough time. So that's my encouragement. The final thing is a story that I heard from Prince EA recently. Now, if you haven't listened to Prince EA, he's got some really cool motivational type um, videos on YouTube. I listen to him on a Pandora station that I have. And there's a story that I heard him, I heard recently in, in a, a, a clip on Pandora. And I think he says it's like, the farmer story or something like that. And I'll put a link. Actually, if you go to findyour20.com forward slash farmer story, um, I should write that down so I don't forget to set that up. If you go to uh, findyour20.com forward slash farmer story, I'll link to the video on YouTube um, where he shares this story. But I wanted to kind of give you an overview because it gives you a good sense of really how do I put this? Taking things in stride, not, not allowing good things or, or bad things or good things to unduly impact us. So the farmer story, there's a farmer uh, living somewhere. And one day he wakes up and he finds out that his horse has run away and his friends and neighbors come to him and they're like, oh my goodness, that's so terrible. It's such a terrible thing that's happened to you. Your horse ran away. This was the horse that he used to plow his fields to provide for his family. All of these things. We're so sorry that this horse was run away. It's such a terrible thing. And the farmer said, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. And the next day, the horse comes back and he brings three horses with him. And so now the farmer has four horses and his neighbors come over and his friends and they're like, oh my goodness, this is so amazing. Your horse left, it came back, it brought these extra horses. Now you have these extra horses to support you on the farm, to do the farm work, uh, to be able to provide for your family. What wonderful luck you have. Well, this is such an amazing 
uh, thing that has happened. It's such great news. And the farmer said, hmm, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. A couple days later, his son is out working with one of these new horses that came. And his son, uh, the horse starts bucking. You know, if you've ever broken a horse, uh, gotten a horse to where you could ride it or use it, they buck a lot and they, they're, they're very, they can be very aggressive and violent because they don't want to be broken. They don't want to uh, be trained to be ridden. And so this horse bucks off his son and breaks his leg. And so his friends and his neighbors come over and they're like, oh my goodness, we're so, so sorry to hear about your son. He was such a big help to you on the farm. And now his leg is broke and this is just absolutely terrible. We feel bad for him. He's hurting all of these things. And the farmer goes, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. A few days later, military comes in the town. They're signing up. They're drafting young men into the military. They're drafting them to go off to war, to fight. And they come to the farmer and they see that his son has a broken leg. Because he has a broken leg, they say, well, we can't draft him into the army. So they move on to the next family. And his son is, is spared from going to war and possibly being hurt or injured or killed fighting in a war and his neighbors and his friends come over and they're like oh what wonderful luck what a great what great news that your son doesn't have to go off to war we're so happy for you what a what a wonderful turn of events and he goes maybe maybe not we'll see and i think that's the whole story i think there might have been a couple others i can't remember that the prince tells so again find your20.com forward slash farmer story listen to it it's a really great story i really love the moral of it but what i want to share with you is when things happen in our businesses or in our lives, it's so easy for us to immediately turn negative. It's so easy for us to immediately say, this is terrible, this is horrible, this is, a, uh, this is, this is gonna ruin my business, it's gonna ruin my life, it's gonna make me miserable. And we do good to be a little bit more like the farmer and just say, well, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. I don't know, we'll see. And when we keep our minds open and don't immediately go to the negative, it allows us to recognize opportunities. Napoleon Hill famously would, said over and over again that, I think he said in, in the, uh, let's see, in every failure is the seed of opportunity, something like that. And if we train ourselves when something bad happens to say, well, maybe this is good. Maybe there's something that'll good, that will, maybe it's bad. Maybe there's something good that'll come from it. It keeps our minds open to recognize and identify those good things that may come from any failure, from any back or from any um, bad thing that would happen. A great example of this just recently, uh, my, my wife and I have been, been dealing with the fact that uh, the car that we bought a couple of years ago, one of the newest vehicles we've ever owned, um, it's, you know, it's still, I think it was like eight years old or something, but should have been fine. Not, not a ton of miles. It was less than you know, I think we were at like 170,000 miles or something, transmission broke, just completely like is, is toast. Took it to the dealership, the dealership was like, yeah, it's toast. Like, and, and in order to fix it, it's going to cost you twice what the car is worth. And it's so easy. And I fall into this too. It's so easy to be like, oh my goodness, this is so terrible. This is a terrible event. We don't have a second car. Now we have to go look for a new car, all of these things. And yet, now we went out, we found another car. The car that we found is five years newer than the one before. It's got way less miles. We were able to get a bumper to bumper warranty for the next like 140 miles, 40,000 miles. So there's a lot of amazingly good things that came from this. 
And then it's still like, well, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. We'll see. Like we'll 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 see what happens. You know, there's some uh, some you know some debt from a new car loan and those types of things. So it's you know it it just kind of depends. But keeping your mind open allows you to recognize opportunities. So my encouragement to you is to be like the farmer. Don't immediately go to the negative. Keep your mind open and say, maybe it's bad, maybe it's good, we'll see, we'll, we'll find out. And keep your mind open for opportunity. And if you'll do that, I promise you, you'll find more opportunities. So with that, I want to thank you for listening today. If you haven't yet, please make sure to grab a copy of my book, Find Your 20, by going to findyour20.com forward slash grab your copy, and I'll drop one in the mail to you ASAP. Just cover the shipping and handling. I'll cover the book. I'll get it to you, and it'll cost less than if you were to grab it on Amazon. And if you haven't yet, please leave a rating review for the podcast on your preferred podcast app. It helps others to find and enjoy the show. And until next time, get out there and chase your 20.